0: I go in and I'm performing the songs. It's just me and a piano player. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. Pit stains. It was. I was. It was terrible. And so, auditioning in Atlanta is a totally different. It's a different culture altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, you go in there and you sing whatever the note and the stuff, and they're like, "Whoa, yeah!" Like, you know, the casting they rocking. <laughs> they like sing, baby. In New York, she looked at me like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was giving it, so I thought. And she just looked at me like, and I was like, wow. So of the 10 songs that I had prepared, I think I had to do like seven or eight of them. And so um, after I was done and I was trying to catch my breath and stuff, and so she looks kind of like, picks up my resume, looks at it. And she was like, I just have one question. And I was like, okay. She was like, who are you? Where did you come from? And why don't I know
1: you? Welcome to Musically Hitched, a podcast featuring the untold stories of entertainment professionals from household names to budding superstars and those still hidden in plain sight. Each life has a soundtrack.
2: Our stories are the lyrics. I'm Zach Reynolds, Jr.
1: And I'm Crystal Reynolds. This This is Musically Hitched. When it's showtime on Broadway, You better be ready for an explosive experience filled with all things spectacular. Our guest today, Desmond Sean Ellington, is a touring Broadway actor and vocal artist whose talent, tenacity, and commitment to excellence led him to a world stage he never dreamt of.
2: I'm your host, Zach Reynolds Jr. We're back for another great episode of Musical.ly Hits, and I am here with the one and only Desmond Sean Ellington. He's an actor. He is a vocal artist. He's an entertainer, but most of all, he's just a, a great, great guy. Desmond, a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm glad we, we finally able, we were able to do this. we been trying to do this for a minute.
2: No time like the present, man, so let's get into <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> right. Everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. That's
2: Absolutely. Great. Well, let's dive right in. Tell us about your story. Everybody's musically hits journey starts somewhere, so talk about your origins, where you're from, and and how did you get on this journey to becoming musically hits?
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, the beginning. Um, I was born in in Elaine, Arkansas, which is in the southwest. Uh, I'm sorry, southeast region of the state. A um, little, a small little town, but. If you look in your history books there was uh, quite an event back in uh back in the the race riots time uh called the elaine uh the Elaine massacre so i would invite anybody who's listening uh to go and look up what happened during that time and just you know it's good to know our history especially our uh our uh, american history i don't say black history or african-american history our american history right um just so you can know but anyway um that's where i'm from that's where i was born Uh, so my family's from arkansas and then we just kind of spread abroad from there um i was hmm, probably around like two or three when uh we moved to oklahoma with the military My dad was uh in, uh in the army there. So we were stationed at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Um, and that is where I began my musical journey in the church. Um, born and raised in the church, Pentecostal church, church of God in Christ. Um, so we was always around some good singing. Yeah. Some good singing and you know, good musicians and playing and and that you know just that whole you know speaking in tongues and shouting and tearing the church up and all of that so that was my introduction to the world of music uh I come from a musically inclined family as well my sister sing my mom sings, my dad and um it's interesting i thought you know just because we all sang and that's what we did i thought we were we would all end up doing something musically and i was the only one which is you know like huh, okay, <laughs> you know you have the Jacksons and you have the you know the uh the, the different family bands and 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 stuff like that, so I was like, maybe that'll be you know how we how we do, and yeah that's not right. that's not what happened, but you know it's all good <laughs> um I didn't uh I, I tell my mom it's it's her fault that I, that we sing um the way we do, um she was pregnant, I don't know if she was pregnant with me or my sibling under me but my mom and dad saying like when they were uh, when they were young they were like you know bb and cc wine and vibe you know that type Mm -hmm. of thing Mm -hmm. and um she said my mom told me that she was uh she was sitting there and i don't think she really enjoyed singing like that like performing like that oh really You know she did it i don't think so not as much as my dad okay and so but he sang so she sang with him and they would do their duets and so she said one day she prayed She was like, my children are going to sing for me and I'm not going to have to sing anymore. (laughs) And that's literally what happened. All three of us came out singing and wailing. Um, Yeah, yeah. And um, so that was, yeah, that was my introduction to to music, was in the church. No, no formal training, no, you know, vocal lessons, classes. First of all, who was going to afford, who could afford that? You go up there and sing with the Sunshine Band, and you get you grow up <laughs> and you sing with the youth choir, and you grow up some more and sing. You know, right? right. And um, and that's that's just what it was. And so I I knew early on that I liked the response of the audience, uh, or or the congregation, I should say. Um, I liked. I'm like, okay, I can I can actually sing. Like, it's this is like really a thing. And uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to be a singer when I grow up. Cause that's what makes sense.
2: So when you, when you, what was that moment like for you? Because some people, some people remember some people's parents take them back to like when they were like two and three and they say, no, you were singing when you were like one, two. And yeah, I get I that was, now as a parent, but when, when was the moment where you recognized, like you said, how old were you when you recognized I can sing?
0: Okay. Funny story. Um, I was in the second grade, and um, our music teacher, God rest your soul, Miss Green, um, I think she was like one of the few Black um, people on staff at the school that I was uh, attending, my elementary school. And uh, so she was, she was like the the minister of music at like a, a local Baptist church in town, and she was the music teacher, you know, at our school. Mm-hmm. So it was her birthday. And every morning we would have uh, like a, a general assembly where everybody's in the gym. And, you know, we do the announcements, we'll sing songs, Pledge of Allegiance, whatever, before, you know, the day starts. Yeah. So in the assembly, they were like, Oh, everybody, it's, you know, it's Miss Green's birthday, and we're gonna all sing her happy birthday. <laughs> so we did, we at the whole school sang her happy birthday. And she's an older lady, like, you know, Older, you know, black auntie, just you know, everybody yeah. has Miss Green in their life at some point. <laughs> so we sing "Happy Birthday" all the way. Oh, woo! Happy birthday, happy birthday to you, yay! And so she came to the mic. She didn't say, "Oh, thank you." She Mm-mm. she said, "Desmond, come here."
2: <laughs> <laughs> and depending on that, come here. We don't we don't know if you're in trouble or not at this point, right?
0: Well, I knew I hadn't done anything, so I knew I wasn't in trouble. But I was just like, "Why is she calling me up here?" <laughs> and she said, "I want, I want Desmond to sing me Happy Birthday." Oh wow!
2: So she called and
0: you. Out. So yeah, she's like, "I want Desmond to, I want Desmond, I want you to sing Happy Birthday." Uh, and so you know, of course, everybody's kind of like, "Uh, okay." So I walk up there, and I'm kind of walking gingerly. I'm in, you know, second grade at this time. And so I'm just like, okay, you know, I start singing, you know, kind of hesitantly or whatever. She said, Mm-mm, sing it how I know you can sing it. Mm. I was like, oh, wow, wow. okay. And I said, oh, you know, like I went in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you said, a uh, flat, huh? <laughs> right, right. Oh. So I
0: said, I got permission to go off? Oh, okay, okay. Right. I was trying to be cool, but that was the first time where I was like, huh, somebody singled me out for, you know, the gift that I have. And, and it just kind of, you know, went on from there. But yeah, that was a very, I, even to this day, I'm like, I cannot believe that happened to me. And she was serious. She was like, come on, come sing this song. And, you know, she's like, I want you to do all the, the tricks and stuff, you know. Wow. And uh, And so, yeah, that was the, that was the moment that I can remember where, huh. A seed was planted of me being a performer and being and being called on, you know what I mean? You hear a lot of a lot of like artists say, yeah, you know, Quincy Jones called me to come sing at his birthday or Stevie Wonder, you know, like that was like my first experience of someone. I want Desmond to do X, Y and Z. Um, So, yeah, that's for me, that's where it started. First thing. Yeah. And I think even then and I, I have a little bit of this now, like I know, I knew then that I could sing. I knew that, you know, because uh, I, I sang in church with the, you know, with the choir and stuff like that. But outside, of, that's all I knew was inside the church. Mm-hmm. So that opportunity happening like at my school, which was, you know, a different space, a different, you know, marketplace, if you will, because we weren't in there saying hallelujah, you know, Cause in church everybody can sing, you know, that's not that's nothing new. But over there in that school wouldn't nobody singing like that, you know. So that was like my first, you know, opportunity outside of the church or the mm-hmm. church walls to express my gift.
2: That's great, man. So so this Miss Green is is Miss Green a pivotal, a pivotal player. In your development, yeah. it sounds like. I mean, even, yes. you know, we've talked about confidence boosters with different guests in the past. Like, what was it that, you know, you, you having the knowledge that you can do it is one thing, but then having that affirmation that she gave you yeah. at, that, at that early age? Because so you're still single, single digits, right? You're not even 10 years old yet, right? So you're still right still coming into your own, and, you know, you don't even really. You know, you don't, don't know, know nothing. You know
0: <laughs> I, just, I just say, yes, ma'am. Be obedient. Exactly. You, know.
2: <laughs> right. you put you on Front Street, so that that that's going to help, right? I can see it already that 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 was critical to your development. When you look back full circle now, and you think on those moments, I'm sure just like you recanted that story. That's that's amazing that you're in stages in front of thousands, literally nightly now, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but those Miss Green lessons are still coming through. Huh? Oh,
0: she <laughs> and she was oh, she was so tough. She was you mess up on a song or a note, you, you couldn't go out to recess. And I was yeah. like, I would, <laughs> I would be looking at the other kids, you know, cuz harmonizing and blending and picking up on melodies and notes that just kind of came naturally, you know, that's just and so other kids it just it wasn't a natural thing and all oh, they struggled yeah. Oh, and I would just be like, oh, bless their hearts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we literally singing, this land is your land, this land is my land, it is not that hard. Mm. Uh, but was like, if y'all don't get it right, y'all not going outside to play. And I'm like, okay, y'all, come on, because I want to go outside and play.
2: Right. That's right.
0: what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a kid, you know? And, um, but that, that is one thing I remember. Miss Green, um, she, she ran, I think she probably ran that school. 'Cause uh she took her breaks and lunch breaks and off whenever she wanted to.
2: I'm convinced. I'm convinced
0: Miss Green, Green. Yeah, <laughs> no, she was in charge. She sure was. <laughs> but she loved me and so it was all good. Like I'm like, she loves me. I don't have a problem. So
2: yeah, right. So was there formal training along the way? Was it just Miss Green or who else played a role uh as as a youth adolescent in your musical development?
0: Uh, I would say as I got older, definitely my dad was um, an inter- uh, integral part of my development. Uh, so he, because he was a musician and he sang as well, so he would have us sing like with him, you know. So we, me and my sisters, we would sing background. Um, that's where we learned, you know, harmonies and you take the top part, I take the, you know, that that type of thing. Come on up, I want my children to come up and sing with me and. And we come up there, you know, I'm 12 and my my other sisters are like, you know, six and, you know, three. And we all got our microphone and we all, you know, doing that. And uh, I think my dad saw something in me um, that was like, hmm. okay, let's let's see where we can let's see where we can take this. And I think I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I just want to be a kid. I just want to I just want to play and I just want to be regular. There we go. Mm -hmm. I just want to be regular. God, I'm so glad that's my my thought now. Right. Uh, But you know, being 12 and, and you have this gift, this amazing gift, you know, and you have the other 12 year olds kind of like looking you upside. Okay, well, why you get to why you get to you know, I'm like, I didn't ask for this, you know, I Mm -hmm. I would love just to be able to play with y'all. And And so, like, my dad was very, like, when we're at church, you're going to sit up here on the front row. You aren't going to be playing and running around the church or outside and all of that. You're going to come up here and sing. You're going to come, you know, so it began this kind of, like, discipline. And he would say to me, you're not like those other kids. And I'm like, but am I, though? (laughs) Like, but I want to be. I want to be accepted. You know, I want to be. You know, I don't want to be looked at, you know with jealousy or, or so forth and so on, and he just wouldn't accept that. Um, he said, "You're special. The, um, you're, you are You are set apart, And that's just what he instilled in me from that age, you know, like that 12 year old age and you know, 10, eleven, 12. And so it just kind of became a thing like, okay, yes, sir." <laughs> yeah. And looking back, you know, I'm glad for that, that training and that that instilling of you know shine you're going to shine you're going to you're going to you're going to do something and so i remember times where i you know maybe i was hoarse or couldn't you know couldn't really sing and and we had to go to church and it was time to sing and i'm like but i'm a horse he's like well you gotta you're gonna learn how to sing through your hoarseness and i'm like what (laughs) Like that doesn't even make sense you know Getting up there squeaking and squawking now I'm going through puberty and you know all mm-hmm. of those things but all of those things made me a better a better singer a better vocalist um that that even now you know where I could be going through a, a full-on allergy attack I can still go on stage and perform you know uh so no I wouldn't say I didn't have any formal training um it was just all just people in my life that kind of helped uh prompt me to to push myself and to speak and, and affirm me. And, uh, and then my mom, <laughs> she was the type where your know, mom doesn't believe, she was like, I don't, we don't believe in holding back. Like if, if you get up there and sing, and I feel like you wasn't giving what it was supposed to gave, you're going to be in trouble. Like that was, that was my life. Like, and um, I was like, no, you know, I was just trying to pace myself. You know, I didn't want to give it all. She was like, no, you up there holding back. When you get on that mic, when you get in front of those people, you get on that stage, you leave it all on the stage. And so those were the moments of of training. And I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure in their mind at that time. They're like, yeah, I'm going to train him and I'm going to make him the next whatever. I just believe that they saw that there was something special in me that, you know, of course, I'm too young to see and I'm too young to know what to do with and they're like no we're going to make sure that uh that you do you know and that we as parents as guardians over you uh do what we're supposed to do to, to nurture this gift and i will say they did that they did that so once i was able to fly on my own and i was able to take all of that with me um it just took me took me on um, from there but yeah i sometimes i wish that i had the, the, the the formal training story, you know, because again, you know, mostly everybody else does, but it's just another one of those things that sets me apart. Um, and, you know, and, and now in this age, you know, everybody is like, I want to be my own person. I'm not trying to be part of the group. I'm not trying to be everybody. I'm not trying to be in the herd. So I, I like to be able to share this, uh, with, with people and, uh, students and, and so forth and so on to let you, let them know you don't have to go the formal routes in order to have whatever in uh, um, career or dream you know happen. Um, there you know there are engineers who, and I say engineer because I actually went to school on an engineering scholarship, um, but there are engineers who are creating all kind of tech and and they are millionaires and don't have a degree. You know so it's everybody's journey is different everybody's journey is different um we just have to learn as we go on the journey and pick up tidbits from here and pick up you know knowledge from here and let me try this and or you know and that's really how i became the singer i should say um, that i am you know listening to the clark sisters listening to you know the Winans family and, and the Hawkins family just mimicking them, you know, listen to that, you know, no 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 you know like let me how do that, you know, that's literally all we would do growing up. We would listen to those records and mimic the riffs and the runs and the high notes and the you know until we were able to do them ourselves and and figure out you know how to make it our own. And um and yeah so I'm I'm really really thankful for for my musical upbringing and, and the, the church for, uh, giving, you know, giving us that space to express ourselves musically. And, and, um, so yeah, I, I definitely, definitely, uh, credit the church, uh, my mom and dad and, uh, and Miss Green for, uh, for my training. Yeah.
2: Awesome, man. That's it's, it's, it was critical. Um, like you said, now the without training and without, having that you know push right because musical training is one thing but we've talked about before about um specifically that church has given a lot of vocalists and musicians an incredible opportunity to to know how to improv or to Mm -hmm. audiences so you can't understate that when you look back at your journey and you look at what you're doing now you know a broadway actor again in front of people nightly and how even though there's a script and there's there's a specific plan, obviously, for which it's supposed to say. Mm-hmm. No one can teach you quite how to emotionalize a moment. Would you agree? Right. That's that's something you just got to read. And this, I think you told us you were you, you're in Michigan right now, but you know, mm-hmm. Michigan's crowd is going to be different than LA's crowd. LA's crowd. Right. You go back to Little Rock, and you're in your hometown, and, yeah. you and they and they remember when. And then and then there's Atlanta markets. And th- there's just so many different places that you go and you're singing. In front of people, but the way they receive and the way they respond could be different, and you know how to do that—the mm-hmm. emotional intelligence, I would call it. Yeah, in front of an audience, you know, as a singer.
0: Yeah, no, I, and it's again, like I said, I, I, I'm proud of the journey that I've that I've been on that have that has led me to this point, and um, yeah, it is good because, especially, you know, and you know, like Broadway and and music, it's changed, it's changed so much over the, you know, the last, you know, 10 years, 20 years, where before, you know, it was strictly what's on the page, you know, Uh, you know, hello, Dolly, you know, and so as Broadway has now become more contemporary, and now we have like you know Rent and you know Hamilton and The Lion King stuff that isn't really like straight up and down what's on you know now we have Soul and we have the you know we have the Temptations on Broadway we have Motown on Broadway and so all that stuff that's you can't write that you can't you know and so it's it's very interesting now being in this world and on this side of uh, of things in Broadway where they're looking for. Actors who can feel the moment, you know, can deliver something that's not written on the page, and and so it's such a good time for us. Um, um, and when I say us, I mean like you know, musicians and and and, and singers, you know, maybe from the church background or whatnot, uh, because they're looking for us. They're they're looking for people who can emote and. Emote, act, seeing, you know, I'm like, we did all that in church and, the, you know, we, our Christmas plays and Easter speeches. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what we've done. You know, what we've always done. And you want to pay me for this? <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> um, but it, yeah. And it's like, I know, and I'm like, Oh my goodness. I know so many people who given the chance would absolutely kill up here, right. you know? Um, But uh, uh, again, it's just being open to the journey because I did not see myself here. I mean, not in this space, you know, um, all I knew, because again, I grew up in the church. So I knew about singing, I knew about recording artists. I knew, you know, I knew that world. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll be, you know, a, a famous singer and go on tour, you know, blah, blah, blah. And when that didn't, it didn't come out like that, you know, I could have been like, well, unless it's that I'm not doing nothing. And I would, we, you and I wouldn't be talking on this interview right now, you know? Um, but I was open to the plan uh, for my life um, that led me to this point and now I'm touring and I'm performing for a thousand people every night. So it's this, it's the same language, the same verbiage, but it's just, you know what I mean? It's a little different. Uh, and it's just, and it's beyond anything that I could have you know, imagined at the time, uh, which is why like, you know, I heard Oprah say, God definitely can dream a bigger dream for you than you can for yourself. And, um, and even now, I, I'm still considered a new actor. Um, Hamilton is my first uh, major role um, since I've started, since I started acting professionally, like where well, that's all I do um and so i'm learning i'm u- i use this time i've been i've been with hamilton for going on five years now and uh yeah yeah so hamilton this this time for me has been uh almost like a, a graduate program if you will you know um uh, i'm a student and i'm learning i'm learning how to act i'm learning how to how to breathe I'm learning, you know, all these new ways of doing things. Uh, because in the show, we say a lot of words really, really fast. Every, I think everybody knows that. And so, when you when you've never done anything like that before, it's an adjustment. Mm-hmm. It's an adjustment. Uh, and I'm like, woo, okay. I think the fa- I'm like saying, I, the fastest I've ever talked. I can now we speak in tongues. Now we be talking fast. But uh <laughs> <laughs> But we're rapping and dancing and running and doing all of that, and so you know I had to learn, like, okay, this is a different type of this is a different uh, ball game, you know. Uh, but I know I'm able to do it because the opportunity came to me. So, uh, so yeah.
2: How important is it to be able to adapt, like, as a as an entertainment professional? Mm-hmm. You're in a lot of environments. Um, you know, you got starting the church we're not gonna skip over your background singing career. We gotta go, we gotta go back. Mm. But we talked about Broadway already, but we gotta talk yeah. about the stages you were on before Broadway. Mm-hmm. Adap- um, adapting to the environment that you're in and how you need to be adaptable and be flexible uh, yeah. as a performer. What we- would we'll speak to that for a moment for our listeners? I mean, I, I think adapting is
0: as important to should be as important to you as you want it to be you know um, some people are happy where they are you know um, doing you know like I'm here my bills are paid um, I have a little bit to whatever so I'm fine and 20 30 years later they're still fine you know um, but as history has shown even in the world and the earth, if you don't evolve, you 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 risk extinction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if a tree doesn't you know isn't able to adapt to the cold weather is gonna die. Or if if an animal you know is in a certain space and it's, and you know evolution takes time, you know. Uh, But you, I think, in order to be the greatest part of you and the the greatest uh, what you uh, or I should say what you were meant to be, you know, the greatest part of that, what you're meant to be, you uh, you definitely have to adapt. Um, And that doesn't mean you have to change who you are. No, you're bringing who you are to to the to the situation, to the environment. And the environment is adapting to you as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is very important. You know, it, it can't always be well back at home in you know such and such Mississippi. This is how we do it. Well, you're not in Mississippi anymore, <laughs> 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 or Arkansas, or or you know whatever. This is what we do here. Um, and if you want to, you know, if you want to make it, you got to like okay. Well, how are y'all doing this? Because I only thought you it, it's done this way. You know, you have to ask questions. You have to, you know, uh, be open. And, I'm, and you're going to hear me say be open for the rest of this interview because it's just, it's just true.
1: Are you ready to take your entertainment career to the next level? Contact us today at info at to schedule your personal consultation or music business coaching session.
0: When I, uh, when I left home, like way back in the two thousands, and uh, went to Atlanta. Um, I was I was already singing like background uh, at that time. It wasn't really like on the level that it, it would eventually get to, uh, but I knew I enjoyed it. I enjoyed because I sang with my family. I sang, you know, we did that, so that was that was nothing new for me. And I'm like, and hey, you're gonna pay me to do it? Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, and, and and I do talk about money and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't, I don't want people thinking that, oh, he's just so passionate and he's just about his craft. And I'm also about my business. So be, be not dismayed when you hear me talk about money and getting paid and enjoying it, because, you know, I have to support myself and I have, you know, bills to pay as well. Well, that's uh, that's
2: what this is about. We want to make sure that our listeners understand, you know, there are some people that do this, you know, on a level of amateurism, and that's okay mm-hmm. because you can be you can be musically hitched and not make a living from music. You can you can yeah. love music, you can love entertainment, and and do it for the just for the art that it is. Mm-hmm. A specific community that is doing this for a living, and one of the whole goals of this platform in general is to make sure that people understand exactly how people went from singing in church seeing people are being in chorus in high school, being in, yeah. a, in college, and they have literally built a career out of music. And you cannot have a career without getting a paycheck. Come on. right? So it's very important to do not apologize. <laughs> <As> a, <laughs> uh, you tell the entire story because that's what a lot of listeners wanna know. Some people yeah. are listening to us right now and they, they're hoping that I'm gonna ask you, how much do you get paid? on Broadway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. answer that question directly, but it helps people, I think to aspire to, if you if you even reveal a range said, this is what you could expect without revealing your own pay. You may just say, if you make it to where I'm at, this, mm-hmm. is because let's, let's say, let's say a simple question. Can you survive and pay your bills as an adult being on Broadway? Yes. Easily, right? Yes, easily. Have yeah, a, um... Some of your castmates have
0: a wife, a husband, kids. Yeah. Houses, mortgages, exactly. uh, cars, all, yeah, all of that. And most of them live in New York, and so you all know
2: oh, living
0: wow. in New York is a whole different situation than living in Atlanta or, you know, somewhere else. Right. Um, so yeah, no, no, there's, but in any, again, in any industry, um, as you continue to climb, there's, of course, there's going to be more resources and, and, and funds and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, I will be 40 next year. And I just got to the place now where of course I'm, I'm making more money doing what I do than I ever have in my whole life. And right. I've done some things. Uh, um, and so, you know, I'm very, I'm very comfortable. Thank, thank you, Lord. Uh, but it took a while to get here, mm-hmm. and I think again, that's like you said, that's the message. You know, the getting there. You know, everybody sees like you know, people are famous, people are rich, people live this or whatever. Uh, but that journey of getting there, and thankfully, I haven't had to live in a car. <laughs> like, people like I, people I have that story, right? But people have that story, mm-hmm. you know. Um, thank you. Thank, I'm, I'm so thankful that wasn't that wasn't my uh, that wasn't my plight.
2: Well, I, I think you I think you hit a major it was a major moment. So, like I said, listeners want what's real, and we want to be real on musically, hits, you know, because it's it's one thing to love music; it's another thing to understand. It's one of the hardest things to do is to make yeah. it, because you know, COVID, you know, out of the picture. It was hard before COVID. Yeah, to music for music as. as uh-huh. If you wanted to be comfortable, right? And so yeah. uh, one of my other pet peeves is the term starving artist. I get it. I understand mm. what it means, but artists don't have to starve. Nope. Prince didn't starve. Michael Jackson didn't starve. Quincy Jones doesn't starve. Yeah. Hans Zimmer doesn't starve. Yeah. When you keep going and naming names. Dolly Parton certainly didn't starve. You know, so these at some point, like you said, we're not famous. They made an extraordinary commitment to their craft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bought into the idea that you can make a living from this. And I can be yeah. solely focused on this. And as a matter of fact, the more solely focused I am at this, the more likely it is that I'm going to produce an excellent product that will give me pay. And we can get in this industry residually, both as mm-hmm. singers and actors and actresses. Yeah. We can talk about that a little bit more because I know you dabbled in TV a bit. I heard, so we'll probably need to to circle back on some of these topics again before the interview's over. But I'm glad we yeah. were, because it's necessary. People do inquiring minds want to know.
0: Yeah, and you you made a good point. You know, the, I, and I was I said I'm not doing the starving artist. I, that was just never that was never appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I will go back and live in, with my mama before. I have to, you know what I mean. That's just, and thank God i, I had that I had that opportunity, not opportunity. I had that um, that freedom. You know, if something go down and you out here on the streets, you can always come home. Like that's always been a thing. So I'm like, okay, thank God for a safety net. I never went back home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on top of that, if, I just want to add what you were saying about you know all those amazing artists and and creators that you mentioned there came a point in all of those lives that you mentioned that they had to take a leap. They had to take a leap. And I think that is, cause I mean, you can hone your craft, you can be in the back in the basement in the studio doing all the tracks and all the pilots, all the podcasts, you know, that you want. But if you never put it out there if you never leave your comfort zone, your home team, your home base, maybe you're famous in your home city. Talk about it. You know, uh, I remember when I made the decision to move to Atlanta, I was uh, living in Arkansas at the time, and, um, and I had done a little bit of background, background singing work. Um, so how I got into background singing before acting came along Um, I was, uh, I was working with, I was hired, I should say, to uh, be a part of this singing group for um, this gospel recording that that was happening. And so the producer of that project that I was uh, singing on, his name is Cedric Thompson. And uh, if you all don't know who he is, look him up, he's a phenomenal um, producer in the the gospel world, uh, Karen Clark, finally Karen. Donald Lawrence, Tri-City Singers, like that's all him. So, you know, look him up because you've probably heard his work. Shout out to C- um, so, I'm sorry. Shout out to Cedric
2: Thompson.
0: Shout out to Cedric Thompson. Yes, yes, North Carolina. So, um, I was, I was with uh, I was with him. Um, during uh, a studio session and so we were just doing like some overdubs and fixes on some of the uh the takes that we had done and so we just got to talking it was just me and him in the studio at the time um and so he was like so you know you're you have this amazing voice and you're really good at you know recording and blah blah blah. so what are you what are you trying to do with your life what do you want to do and i was like well you know i I want to sing you know that's that's a given um i was like. I, I i guess i want to be a, a artist you know that you know makes sense right and so um he was like yeah i think you would be uh, you know good in that world and um you know and definitely uh the background world because i i started singing background in mm, around 2004. around 2004 is when i when, when this kind of moment was happening And again, there was a, there was a shifting happening even then in the world of background singers, where background singers were becoming, getting like notoriety, Mm -hmm. you know, with with different artists before it was just, you never know who they were. They were in the back, you know, now you got background singers, you know, coming out doing solos with the artist, and, and now people know, you know, who they're like, oh, you know, the Lisa Fishers and, uh, you know, people like that who, who sang background for Luther and People never knew their names and who they were. And, you know, y'all look her up if y'all don't know who Lisa Fisher is as well. Um, and so yeah, so during that time, background singers were be, were becoming, especially in the um in our world and like in the gospel and B world, were becoming like a thing where people are actually recognizing, you know, the background singers. And so I was with I was with Cedric and um and I was like, I, you know, I love background singing, I love harmonizing, and I love You know, that type of thing. And so um, he was like, wow, that's great. And so um, he said, man, I wish he said, if I had met you, what, what did he say? If I had met you like a month earlier, I would have had you on this project that I'm working on now. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, wow. You know, I'm young, young 20 something year old. And just him saying that was like, oh, you know. I can't believe that you okay that's wow thank you for that. Okay. And so uh he was like yeah I'm um I'm working with this this new artist this new gospel artist out of uh Houston working on his first album and um and he was like yeah I, sh- I would have definitely had you you know on this project. And so I was like wow that's that's what's so up. So a few weeks go by and so I'm in Atlanta at this time but I'm not living there. The group that I was singing with, we were performing in Atlanta uh, at this particular time, and so the guy, the the guy who was over the group, gets a call and and motions to me that you know I need to take this call, and so he's like Cedric is on the phone, he wants to talk to you, and so I was like, oh okay, hey Ced, and so he was like, hey Dez, real quick, um, you remember that that guy I said that I was working with? I was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, all right, so. I'm firing the tenors that are working on this project and I want, and I need you to come in and do this, this project. And I'm like, what? (laughs) This was a Friday, keep this in mind because as I tell the rest of the Hamilton story, keep these days in mind. Mm -hmm. This was a Friday night. He was like, "Um, um, I want you and my wife, um, Lejeune Thompson. And if you all don't know who Lejeune Thompson is, Look her up, one of the most phenomenal singers you will ever hear, shout out yes, to yes, sir. Um, So he's like, I want you and LeJune to fly out here to Houston. Houston is where the project was being recorded um, to, do this, to do this album. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm flying you out Monday. I need you to have all this music learned by Tuesday. Cause that was the first day of rehearsal and the recording was Friday. So now all of this is like, <laughs> my mind is like spinning at this point and so all i said was i won't let
2: you down how much music it was 12 songs 12 songs did you know any of them at all no they were all original
0: so from friday night when he sent me the email with the music i had saturday sunday and monday to learn to learn these uh to learn these songs and um and it just so happened that, and I was like, and at the time I was like, well, who is the artist? Who is, you know, cause he, I, all I knew was just some new guy um, that was on the scene. And um, he was like, uh, he was like the guy's name is uh, Micah Stampley. And he's working with uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes and, and so forth and so on. And and he's doing this live recording. And um, and I was just like, okay, cool. and. I went to, uh, I, I went I flew to Houston, and I, when I tell you, I married myself to that music. Like, that's all I listened to in the shower, in in, in the bed. I, when I was asleep, I had my headphones on. And because I was like, what I'm not going to do is get down here and don't know my stuff. Not, not when I'm be, not when I'm given this opportunity. And so I. I. Uh, by the time we got to rehearsal that tuesday um i knew when i t- i knew all the parts the tenors the alto the soprano part i knew what the line would be <laughs> yes. Yes. i was not going to mess up this opportunity so much so uh i remember that that first night um that we were in rehearsal and we was running through all the songs and uh and micah looks at me like we you know okay song is over we're taking a break he looks at me he's like how long, how, how long have you had this material? I said, I literally just got it a few days ago. He was like, and you know all these songs? I was like, yeah. And uh, he was like, wow, that's impressive. And I, and I saw Sid uh, over on the keyboard just kind of give a little like, you know, smile of approval. Like I picked a good one. Um, And that album uh, ended up being Micah Stampley's like biggest album of his career. Uh, The songs like, uh, you know, War Cry and Take my life, like those big songs uh, we recorded. You know that uh, that album, and so that was my first time on a professional like gig with a budget. You know where I didn't even know what a per diem was until I got to the airport and they handed me an envelope of cash. <laughs> I was like, "What the money laundering is going on? What is this?" <laughs> like this is your per diem per diem what is that you know so i had to learn like you know per diem is you know for your food and for your you know this and that and i was like oh okay and i get a a, a check a salary check as well like oh this is you know so i'm adapting even then i'm learning mm-hmm. this new world that i've kind of been thrust into uh, and i'm you know we're just going we're chill we ain't we're not stressing or whatnot and that was my first professional background gig. And I was still living in Arkansas, but I was just traveling to where like Sid was traveling to Houston. And I was like, I got to get somewhere where this is happening. Because if I'm in Arkansas, and the music scene ain't in Arkansas, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I have to go where the scene is. And I was like, I at, at that point, I was like, I don't know where to go because I'm not going to New York, I'm not going to LA, that's too far and too expensive. So like the closest music cities to me right now are Nashville and Atlanta. And so I was like, okay, God, where am I supposed to go? And I I promise you, I, I felt the spirit say, where do you want to go? And I was like, but wait, you're, you're supposed to lead and guide me, you know? <laughs> You're supposed to instruct me in the way I'm supposed to go. And it it was like the spirit was just, where do you want to go? Because you're gonna be blessed in the city and in the field. You know what I'm saying? So blessed when you come and when you go. So where do you want to go? And so I literally, what made me make Atlanta the decision where I'm going? Because I was like, I don't want to go where I don't know absolutely anybody. I knew no one in Nashville. I knew two people in Atlanta, two of my college buddies that I met when I was in school and so i never told anybody i never like spoke it out loud i said okay in my mind i was like i'm gonna go to atlanta after just that thought um maybe like three days not more than a week one of the two uh guys in atlanta calls me out of the blue hey man how you doing you've been on my mind i'm like oh wow yeah i'm good you know and just kind of been, you know, figuring out my life and stuff like that. And I was like, I think I, I I think I want to move to Atlanta. And he was like, that's why you've been on my mind. He was like, you need to be here, you know? And he was like, you can live with me. You can stay in, you know, I have this big house out here, you know? And so again, the people are in place. You just have to progress forward. Even if it's in your mind, even if it's in your mind saying, I'm going to do this. That is progress. And so I quit my job that I was working at at the the, the um, healthcare company. Uh drove to Atlanta and that's when I I was there for a month um and before I met Rachel. And the rest, you know, the rest is history like I I met her she was she was uh singing in 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 that in that uh uh in that time uh, all over the you know people called rachel when they needed singers and so like it was a chance meeting not a, no it wasn't a chance meeting it was divine um because of course i was like i don't know how to break into the the industry here you know but it's good to know someone who can bring you in
2: right
0: right, you know and so um i was there for about a month and i was uh i ended up getting hearing about this audition neo the um, r&b singer neo was looking for background singers And so I went to the audition and Rachel was there and we ended up talking and, you know, like, oh, okay, I just moved here and uh, I sing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And at that time she was singing, she was already singing with like people like Darwin Hobbs, um, you know, all the gospel people that were there in Atlanta since that's where a lot of them are. And so she was like, okay, cool. Um, Let's, you know, we exchanged numbers, we kept in touch. And uh, she was like, come to my church and, and you know and sing and blah blah blah. so I, we did i did that and um and she was like okay cool she was like so she's like i'm working um with this producer named kevin bond and i'm like you mean the kevin bond like he she's like yeah you know and so if you don't know who kevin bond is <laughs> he's a, for every mountain kirk car um um uh, uh, what is the Yolanda Adams song he kept me uh, I've been through many hard trials that's Kevin Bond um, you know so he is uh, I mean famous producer a uh, gospel producer mm-hmm. and so she was like yeah I'm working with uh, with Kevin and he's needing some singers for this recording that he's doing Would you be you know interested and so I was like heck yeah oh my god I'm such a fan of his and uh, we're working on. The uh, the album, or we were getting together, and that album was another Michael Stampley album, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I was like, "I know Michael. I worked on his first album." So by this time, I think this was like his third album that we were uh, that we were working on, um, and so it just it just went from there. Now I'm now I'm singing with Angie Stone and Selena Johnson, and now I'm performing in Africa, and now I'm in Europe, and now I'm in you know, Amsterdam and, and now I'm in Turks and Caicos, you know, so I was, I was traveling all over the world, uh, singing my duwap duwap bop bops as, as, uh, Tamar would say, uh, but learning the industry, learning, you know, what it is, what it takes to be an artist and to tour and to, y'all, it is not easy. It is not easy, um, you know, doing that, but, you know, you see, the passion that these artists have you know that this is what they do and they're willing to do it for not a lot of money and a lot of you know a lot of times um and so i i really enjoyed it i i was um i, I pretty much did that for my whole time a living in atlanta um when did i leave Atlanta? i left atlanta in 2015 right so that was pretty much what i did um i, I worked odds and in, in uh, jobs, you know, during that time in the low times and stuff and stuff like that. Because again, no starving artists over here. I I, I got to eat. So if I needed to find myself behind a desk, I did just that. I had no pride, no ego. I will go clock in. Even now, if something happened and I can't do this show anymore, I will go. Clock. I can, I can do so much, so many things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what well, we cannot do, we cannot starve. What we're not gonna do.
0: We cannot starve.
2: And we will not let's go um, back. I want to I want to sit on something for a second before we go because I know we mm-hmm. We still got a lot more to talk about but you, you said some very powerful things number one And this is a recurring thing So again to add value to our listeners. We want to make sure that we're, we're offering practical strategies for success and mm-hmm. in one previous episode we talked about the necessity to to relocate geographically that mm-hmm. on the initial episodes uh, Crystal and I shared our story, moving on up, where yeah. we matriculated and moved from North Carolina to New York City, you know, mm. back in the day to, to, to give ourselves a different environment, exposing ourselves to opportunities. And everybody doesn't need to do that because some people do grow up in music centers. Right. But for those of us that did not, but have big city dreams, right? Want to be on the big screen, et cetera, big stages. Mm-hmm. You physically may have to move. We are, we live in a digital world. So you mm-hmm. can be now in New York without being in New York. Zoom yeah. opened up the floodgates for, we're doing a podcast interview via Zoom right now, right? People right. can be in different places. You know, I'm in Georgia, Atlanta, you're in Michigan. We don't have to be in the same place to be exposed anymore. Media mm-hmm. uh, change that. But, I want to highlight the fact that you were in Arkansas and you realized that the industry was not going to come to you. Right? So you packed up your bags on your own and then you had a confirmation of sorts by a college buddy. Mm -hmm. This is where you need to be. Matter of fact, I'll mention you. So the more committed you get to this idea of this dream coming to pass, the more the way becomes clear for how to do it. You didn't necessarily have exactly. an apartment, even. Someone had you on their mind also because it was your destiny, mm-hmm. and it's happened. And you have to pay attention, right? Uh, we had a conversation earlier about paying attention to the people. And uh, another, you know, music industry colleague back in the days always said, "Know Zach, pay, pay attention to the phone. Mm. What are people asking for on the other end of the phone. Are you catching that? Are you listening? Because that's the way they see you." So he saw you as a, a, a fide singer that if he could just get to Atlanta, all of the things that you basically just took us down the street and described mm-hmm. from, those from the Cedric Thompson opportunity, what did happen before you left to, to your point, but you ended up running into Micah Stampley again, mm-hmm. being an Atlanta artist. And then, yeah. there was, I'm not sure if we said Rachel's full name, rather Rachel James. Uh, who Rachel is, James. Yes. No stranger Shout to, out to Rachel anywhere, but just to make sure our listeners know another person to Google, right? Yes. Uh, another person to
0: look her up. Yes, yeah, she's, right. she's that girl. These are people that you're meeting
2: at auditions. They're locally based and now you're locally based. Mm-hmm. You know, you've always been there, but now you're plugged in, you're getting into, the, into, into the community and the, the wheels are turning now. Mm-hmm. Start- and
0: Now I don't have to audition anymore. I just get the call.
2: Mm-hmm. Can you do it? exactly and that's what changes things because one minute you you're the outside guy who's from the out-of-towner and mm-hmm. weeks later you've you sung at a few churches and went out to a few dinners and had a few drinks whatever and now people know yeah. it's, it's dead right and they yeah because you're now 20 minutes away instead of six hours away yeah there's a lot of value in that that changes your trajectory as a as an entertainment profession so uh for those that are thinking about if you need a push, you uh, <laughs> need to jump that leap of faith. This yeah. a confirmation that it's time to do it. Yeah,
0: it <clears throat> and it, it's so interesting where um and you're right, you know, we are in the digital world now. Even even me, like I most of my auditions especially, you know, during COVID post-COVID have been uh uh self-tapes. A uh, self tape is where you literally re- film yourself on, on a tape on your phone or whatever, and send in an audition, you know, versus in person auditions. Um, but there is something about, and I'm going I'm going back to what you're saying as far as yeah, you don't maybe you don't have to have to move to Atlanta, move to LA, move to New York or whatnot. And again, I'm speaking specifically for the industry that I'm in uh, that I've that I've dealt in. There is something about leaving your comfort zone. Definitely. It's something, it's something about it. It's something about it that, you know, it, even just like a child, uh, living in their parents house, you know, there comes a time when it's time for you to leave your parents house. So you can become your own man, you can figure out your own life without, you know, your, your safety net and, and you know, stuff being paid for you. No, you, know, you got to get out here in this world and figure out how to live and how to be, you know, and I, I'm just, uh, I'm just, my experience has been is it wasn't until I left home. That i started becoming mm-hmm. becoming who I'm going to be becoming who I am now. Um, and just letting, letting go of that fear. You know, uh, well, what if I get out here and fall on my face? What if you get out here and don't, what if you get out here and do what you don't fall on your face a, a few times, you know? But that at least means that you're trying that you're doing something you know and it's almost like if i can equate it to um like at a at a fair or like a carnival and you know how they have like the little fun house um you know that you ride in and and stuff does you know whatnot um that fun house you know all those like whimsical decorations and the animatronics and all of those great things have already been built. They've already been programmed. They've already been designed to wow you, but you will never see it if you don't go in and get on that ride. Like literally it's designed to, as soon as that car gets to this certain point, something pops out and says, it make you say, wow, or, Ooh, but you'll never get that. Wow. And Ooh, if you never get in the cart, Mm-hmm. and start the journey and when you get and it's like when you make that leap and you 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 know you do whatever that leap means for you and you see stuff start like falling into place and click me like man I should have did this 10 years ago like you oh. know what was I waiting on you know uh but thank God you know he re- he will redeem the time and all the time that you think you lost and you think you may have missed out on listen, that's still gonna come in in, in triplicate. <laughs> and you gonna be like, whoa, wait,
2: yeah.
0: hold on. This is, this is a lot, you know? Um, and that's, that's really been my, my story, um, where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not old by no stretch of the, uh, of the means, but you know, in this industry where, you know, most people are, you know, teenagers and 19 and, you know, young, getting started really young, and you have people who you know don't have their first whatever until 40 45 you know so forth and so on so don't ever let age your age make you don't even think about that because it don't matter right. and I'm, i mean it don't matter yeah. it doesn't um it's what you decide you want to do It's what you decide that you're open to and and going back to what we were talking about earlier about just being kind and being genuine. You know, if I was a jerk in college, do you think that guy would have called me and said come you know what I mean? So everything that we do, it matters.
2: Right.
0: It may not matter in that moment. You know, but down the line, you know, it's something's going to come up, you know? And so it like I said, that's the I think that's the overall thing is is learn how to be kind, be genuine, be, you know, be yourself, be, you know, be confident but be nice because people remember that. People remember that, producers remember that, casting directors remember that, Uh, MDs remember that. Um, I remember a a producer told me that he would rather hire someone who is less talented but knows he's gonna be there and be dependable than the best musician in the world but he always got an attitude and always late, you know? So I, I took that, you know, into, into heart, you know, and I mean, I'm going to still work at being the best. <laughs> I'm not just going to stop and be like, okay, I'm good where I am. No, oh, I'm going to still work at my craft, still going to hone my craft and be better, but I'm going to be on time. And by on time, I mean early, you know, because that matters. People see that. People see that. There was a time when I was living in Atlanta, um, that the Monique, Monique, uh, the comedian actor, Monique had a talk show. And um, that was filmed in, in, in Atlanta, and I was one of the house singers for the second season, and so so I'm you know I'm up there performing with whoever comes through Charlie Wilson Jody Watley, um, oh my God so Chuck Brown when he, you know when he was still alive, um, and so now we're you know we're not in the church you know we're out of that you know that segment we're uh, so now we're into television production. So now this is a different this is a different environment a different layer right you know so we have call times we have you know uh looks and first looks and wardrobe and all of that this so again we're in a different environment and I'm like, okay, now I'm about to be on t v if I wanna thrive and if I wanna like okay, so what do we gotta do now and so I remember the uh stage manager she came to me one uh one day and she was like you know i just want to let you know that whenever we see your name on the list of the people that are that are coming we all get so excited and i'm like really i'm but i'm just the background singer and she was like she was like no she was like yeah you yeah you you are she was like but we know that when desmond is here we we don't ever have to look for him he's always in his place he has the right you know look on he he knows his stuff and because you know the TV world is very stressful, you know. Behind the scenes, running all of that mm-hmm. and everything, and and having people that you're like, okay, it's time. Where you at? Oh, I'm still, you know, I'm on my way. You know, uh, makes a difference. And she didn't. And, it, and she didn't even say anything about my singing ability.
2: Right. Right.
0: You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That didn't matter. It was the fact that I was where I was supposed to be. Right. And again, that is what matters and but it's and it's great to be good and talented and you know but if you have that other stuff on top of that people will remember you
2: so people four, will remember you four takeaways if we can put them make it even simpler than we've already done be kind mm-hmm. be available be on time mm-hmm. be prepared be prepared
0: yeah you go a long way in this business
2: Long way, no. Yeah. And we'll
0: keep you working. We'll keep you working. And now, you know, everybody ain't gonna be a Will Smith and a Denzel Washington or whatever. But you have musicians and singers and actors who st- stay working, all the time. Stay booked. Stay all the time. You know. So again, it just depends on what kind of life you want and where you see yourself and all of that. Um, I enjoy. I enjoy working in doing the work that I do, but I also enjoy being able to go to Target and not be sworn by people and you know stuff like that. Cause I'm just so regular, like, you know, and I say this, just you know, low-key, low, you know, regular guy. Now when I'm on stage, you know, you know, we turn up. Okay. Um, but <laughs> but yeah I've always just like I just want to work. I just want to work doing what I love. If if I become a star you know, OK, if that if that's the, the road that I'm taking or whatever. But I just want to work. I just want to do what I do. Because there was times where the phone wasn't ringing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there were times where I, I was doing, you know, background gigs at different times and not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Or the check wasn't there. Or, you know, uh, two weeks later and I still haven't gotten paid these $75 that, you you know, that I was supposed to get. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I remember those days. I remember the, you know, uh, the struggle, you know, because it it wasn't I wasn't starving, but there was a, there was struggle. I had to work through and again, but the, but as we know, the struggle is what strengthens us, if we allow it. You know, we can let it kill us, or we can let it make us stronger. And I decided to let the struggle make me stronger. Make me stronger here. You know, I had to start making some better decisions. I start. I had to start saying no. I'm not available, and that's another thing. There's going to come a time where your no is going to be mean more for you than your yes, um, because as long as you're, as long as you accept the, the the crumbs and the the little bit, and again, we all have to accept them. You know, starting out, but there will come a time where you're like, mm, no, I my my value has increased my my worth has increased so i i'm not able to do this for that rate or for that you know for that amount of money um i can maybe find someone or maybe i could refer someone but i don't do that
2: anymore you know and that's the and that's that's a great point that's a great point i I don't mean to cut you off but no, no you're good people want to some people again want to know you just told people that they have permission to say no but the timing of no is critical yes. because you didn't, yes. start, you didn't say no when you first moved to Atlanta.
0: Right, first was everywhere.
2: Atlanta. <laughs> now is not the time to say no in Broadway. <laughs> right now you didn't yes. Because you gotta know that the yeses are going to build momentum. And right. you create, like you said, that reputation that that stage manager in mm-hmm. TV was talking about She said, I can rely on them. So at that point in her mind, you have a person that will literally fight for you to get paid because she would rather have you around Mm -hmm. some people. Because at a certain point in this business, talent, everybody's got talent, right? I know that's the name of the show, but that's literally the truth. Mm -hmm. Business, once you get to a certain level, everybody's talented. So that no longer makes the difference because everybody can sing. Everybody can play. Everybody's been on a tour bus before. Whatever, right? Right. Yeah. It becomes. Do I want to be around you for the duration? Mm. Of the session? Do I want to be around you on the tour bus? Do I want you? Do you add any value to me outside of your talent? And when you yeah. say, when that answer is always yes, then I if that's when I believe that the no's become more appropriate because now you have oh, yeah. your people cannot live without. I think too many times musicians and singers inspiring actors they 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 they're so quick to walk to be able to say no Well now yeah. it's, but it's fear. It's no time, right? You got to build that.
0: Yeah. Work. You have to build that and you have to know when that switch happens. When the and and I think that you got to know when you're there. And you got to be wise and and during that time where like yeah at at first you know i'm saying yes to everything i'm singing at funerals weddings uh bar mitzvahs uh uh, i'm singing at the little juke joint with the you know whatever you know because i'm like i gotta you know get my name out here you figure this thing out and then once you start figuring it out and you're like okay do i want to just be a singer or do i want to be a businessman and so that is a mindset thing so I'm like if I'm you know okay year one year two um, now okay I got some things on my resume some people know who I am now so who is it helping me to do a gig for $75 it's not helping me you know uh, it's it's not building especially when I'm like now I'm on TV making SAG money Hey, that that that's uh a sag after <laughs> you Say what you say what now?
1: A whole
2: other podcast episode, by the way.
0: Oh right. <laughs> yeah, that SAG money is like totally different. So I'm like, well, I'm making this. Um and then two, and a lot of that time I was like I said, I was working like clocking in, you know, working a job. And so I'm like, well, I'm getting paid this sitting at my desk. I'm not about to like take off and come make even less than what I'm making at a desk that I don't even want to be at. That don't make no sense, you know? So right. that's when the business acumen, I believe, begins to to uh, to present itself. Right. And you're like, okay, do I just want to be a singer, someone they call, or do I want them to be like, okay, if you call Desmond, I'm letting you know. This is what people have told me. If you call Desmond, you need to have your business together, you need to have blah, 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 and don't be, you know, right. um, because I put the work in. I put the work in, and when you are dependable, when you are uh, known for your integrity, then yes, you can you can confidently say no, I'm not available with no fear. Like if I say no, they won't call me again. Lies. Don't 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 believe it. All right. Don't believe it. Your work will speak for itself, your integrity, all of those things, your reputation goes before you, it enters the room even before you do. So there will come a time where you know you will just have to, you know, whatever, and again, whatever field you're in, just have to grudge through it, you know, or whatnot. But there will come a time where you're able to, where you should be able to say no. And when you say that no, it it opens you up to that next opportunity to where you're like, yes, this is, this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. So, but yes, I remember those days, man, wondering if my lights was going to stay on or, you know, whatever, because, you know, a check didn't come through or, you know, I'm having to uh, find people like, hey, you said, you know. But, um, and then one, one, but once I started saying no, things, so many opportunities began to open up for me.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. You are now on Broadway. or mm-hmm. may not be a space available that you use <laughs> to occupy as a team. But someone wants to know, how do I become a background vocal artists they think they need to be a background singer talk Mm -hmm. about how to become a background vocal artist so that your phone will ring
0: yeah um well be able to sing (laughs) but it's not even it's it's not even about that like i i know a lot i'm talking about background artists who have long resumes and to hear them sing like a solo or sing by themselves, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. But they know how to alter this their sound. They know how to, and, and that's what really makes a background singer an artist. If you know how to change and manipulate your sound to fit whatever artist or whatever space you're in, um, I I can't I can't be on a, a a reggaeton stage and use the same voice or technique that I did when I was with the CCM artist, you know, different vibes, different sound. So, you know, anytime that you're able to give the artist the support and the sound that they want, they will they will they will call you until to you say stop calling. <laughs> Um, and that's, that's really a, a, a thing is being basically like a vocal chameleon, um, knowing how to go from, you know, a, a full sound like this to a breathy sound like this. And if you're able to do that without a whole lot of let's do it again, whatever, if you're able to like switch on and off, depending on what they're asking for, that is what makes or, def, uh, I, I, I say um defines a background artist mm-hmm. that you're able to change okay we need we need it to be this way we need it to sound like this we want you know uh or or like we want you to kind of lay back on it lay you know uh under the tempo and you know, we need you to be on the tempo we need you to be you know and that is what makes a background artist everybody can sing you know give them a mic sing, you know but when it comes to blending can you blend with other singers mm-hmm you know do you do you know how to invert the parts do you know what modulate means do you know that literally means you're about to sing in another key you know cuz if
2: the music go up and you don't <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to when the, when the band moves you move up right
0: you got to write, you gotta move too um and so yeah and again like i said the backgrounds aren't in the background anymore like they're up there with the artist they're being called out to the front on the artist stage and so if you don't you know if you if you aren't confident if you're like you know artists these days are looking uh yeah like looking for other artists uh, to play and to sing with them uh versus just somebody just up there on a mic um so those are things that and you can and you can do that by just listening to different uh records listening to different what I used to love to do in uh, my preparation for being a background singer, I would listen to like live albums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not the studio albums, but like the live albums that ha- the arrangements are a little bit different, a little bit modified than the actual studio. Cause we, it, you know, most of the times you're gonna be on stage with these uh, artists in a live setting. Right. So, you know, looking on YouTube, that's what I would do. Like if I would get a call to, you know, hey, can you travel or go somewhere with this, you know, Angie Stone or or this person, I would immediately go to YouTube and look at their live show. Like, what is their feel? What, you know, what do they like? And like, okay, okay. So by the time I went to rehearsal, um, I, I knew kind of what, you know, what they liked, you know, what their sound was, you know? Um, when I was working with, uh, with Angie Stone and she's, you know, she's an R&B artist, so you know everything is very funky. So I have to, have to kind of dirty it up a little bit. You know, I wouldn't sing like that singing behind Carrie Underwood, you know, <laughs> or whatnot. So you have to be able to to adapt, like we were saying earlier, to whatever the sound is, and you know, so forth and like that. So the mo- the the more you're able to adapt, and the more you're able to be a chameleon. Not only will your phone continue ringing, but it'll just be ringing from everywhere because they know if we call Desmond or we call, you know, such and such that he'll, he'll be able to get the job done. So that's what you want. You want not to be stuck in like one genre or one area. You want everybody calling you. You want the Latin artists to call you because they know you know how to come on the floor. You know, they know you know how to switch it up, you know. Um, so that is a big piece of advice that I would give for anyone who would like to step into that world, into that realm, uh, be a, as much of a vocal chameleon uh, as possible, just so you can get as many opportunities
2: as possible. That was a major hack as well. Uh, so I hope everybody <laughs> can talk YouTube is your friend and- It I'm, is your friend. As a band leader, I've been off, often encouraged our, our personnel to, to do the same thing, you know, use that strategy of going to see live shows because when you only hear the record, yeah, the record version of the song, you don't know what they do live. You don't know right. how to that. So one great tip, hat whatever you want to call it, is what you just said, would be to go to YouTube mm-hmm. look for the live arrangements of the song so that you understand that in this particular part of the song, they actually built in, the MD has built in a, a spot for the male or female vocalist yeah, uh, the background singers to come out and take the show for a second. Oh, yeah. And they get the spotlight. If you already know that lyric, that technique, if you already know that choreography, you could do that in that audition when it ever comes your way. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, okay, this is not the regular audition right here. This person is almost looks like they are part of the act already. Right, yeah. And, or you can become a part of the act before you're a part of the act. The easier it is for them to say yes.
0: And can I say something? Um, you mentioned audition. Um, <clears throat> And I can't say that as far as like when I was background singing that I did a lot of auditions. But what I will say is, every performance, every rehearsal, every everything is your audition for your next gig or show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, again, your reputation enters the room before you do. And I've been I've been in places where the uh, the producer or the the MD is wanting to assemble you know a, a cast of, of artists and they're like Desmond do you know anybody who plays or does this or sings this part and I'll say oh what about such and such and they're like mm, no because last time they was always late they was didn't know they still but I'm like oh you know so there's that's happening all the time where people are not getting calls because of the last show or the last you know, instance that they did. So trust me, everything matters. Everything matters in the, you know, in, in what we do. Um, and so that's, that's why I wanted to point that out. When you get, when you get an opportunity, do it. I mean, be 100% because that is your audition. Cause not only, it not just about that producer, the bass player, he's working on some other projects. That's like another call, you know, the, you know, so forth and so on. So it's not just about the artist. Right. You know, a lot of times people just want to impress the artist or whatever. But nope, that MD, just like he put y'all together for that, he's putting together another te- uh, team for another artist or another production or another TV show. So you have to keep that in mind because you just don't know who everyone knows, you know? So,
2: yeah. The music ecosystem is what you just described. And again, that's, mm-hmm. that's a recurring theme often on Musical.ly his episodes is how to keep not just the money of course flowing but you can't money won't flow if opportunity is not flowing to you you have to know how to keep the door of opportunity open and when you realize that everyone around you is a valuable member of the ecosystem Mm -hmm. everybody right you should treat everybody the same but but when it comes to treating people right right so you have to know who you're talking to and you also don't need to show respect to person, right? Because, like you said, the bass player may be in a totally different camp next week, and that nobody on this gig is on. But mm-hmm. he who he was on the gig with last week, to your point, right. and might be just what they need if he can also take your reputation. Yeah, right. So that's that's a very very powerful nugget. Talk to us about the the audition process. So you have done some. You said you have not done. You know. You didn't always have to audition to get an opportunity, but you have done a few and and particularly the one that allowed you to to become a part of the production born for this. So tell us about that particular audition, how that came about, how you prepared and what it led to next.
0: Um, Yeah, uh, crazy, crazy story. So I like I said, I was I was singing and traveling with various artists and recording and all of that. And it was great i loved it it was it was a good time it really was you know even during the not so great times um towards the end of that chapter of my life uh, looking back I, I started not i was like i don't know i'm not really enjoying this anymore and you know, we've come to this place now where everything is about you know okay finding your happiness and if something isn't making you happy you know you have to look into see and what, what is that about? Why is that? You know, being self-aware and and you know listening to your your spirit and listening to the spirit who's who's always speaking. You know, and I remember my phone ringing for gigs and it would literally I would literally feel grieved that I was being asked to come sing background
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I was like I don't I don't know why you know because I you know, I do well and they like me or whatever. And, um, and I remember being on being on a on a a, a project. Uh, it was a live, a live recording. And I was mad the whole time. <laughs> I had it and, and anyone who knows me knows that I am the most just I'm always smiling. I'm always you know, and I just had an attitude the whole time. And I was just like, I don't want to be here. Mm. And I was a uh, I was talking to another one of the other singers um, that was uh, in the cast as well, and uh, I was just like, I was like, I think this is my last. T- I think I'm. This is my last gig. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? Whatever. You're Desmond. You're a the Desmond. Like everybody calls you in Atlanta. I was like, I know, but I just don't feel this is not. It's not. Uh, it's not giving me uh, what I what it once did. You know. It's not bringing me contentment. It's not bringing me happiness and fulfillment and i'm at the point in my life i'm like if it's not bringing me happiness and fulfillment i don't want you know Mm -hmm. and so i said i think this is about to be my retirement (laughs) because i mean i have been this is about this is like 2015. i have been working since 2004 um and it was just it was time for a a a flip in the page Mm -hmm. i didn't know that at the time Um, And so I was like, okay, people in Atlanta know me as the background singer. So I don't know what I'm gonna do next, but as long as I'm here, that's what people are going to recognize me as. So I ended up up going up to Nashville and um, I was there. I have a family who lives there. So I was like, I just need to get out of Atlanta and just figure some stuff out. Went up to Nashville. just to kind of get away. And it was really during like, by myself time. I didn't even tell him about it. I was leaving, didn't do a goodbye party or anything like that. I just left. One thing about Desmond, he will pack a bag and, and go if he needs to. And, uh, so I was able just to get away and just kind of like be with myself and be with God. And so I was like, okay, God, cause at this point I'm like 35. And I'm like, what, what's next? What, you know, um, you know by this time most people they're settling down and finding their groove and finding their you know their their flow and i'm still kind of grasping out here like what what are we doing and so i was just like well god you know if it's not meant for me to be a you know recording artist and all of that then whatever it is that i'm supposed to be doing let me know because i'm not getting any younger and, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to just be running into a wall for the sake of, you know, I'm trying to do something and well, it's not working. So what else is there? And so I literally just prayed a prayer, surrender. I'll never forget. I prayed a prayer, surrender. And I'm just like, God, whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing on this side of, you know, of, of things, let me know. Let's go. Let's do it. No more games, no more procrastinate you know, let's do it. And I got a a email alert um, from a friend of mine in Atlanta, who's a a wedding coordinator. She would um, hire me to like to sing at some of her weddings that she would um, coordinate for for her clients. And so she was like, hey, how you doing? Good. Um, I don't, she was like, I don't know how this got sent to me because she's not in theater at all. Um, I don't know how this email came to me, but it's a casting call for a upcoming musical called born for this the bb Wining story and so at first i was like i know she said musical but is this a stage play like you know like a gospel type of thing tyler perry type of thing and um and so she was like yeah i don't know how this got to me but when i saw the casting noticed i thought of you and and then she said let me know when you get the part and I was just like, interesting. So of course I go to Google. I'm like, I ain't heard nothing about a musical about B.B. Wines. and I'm from the gospel world. Like I'm from that side of things. Right. And sh- sure enough, they had um, already done a reading and a workshop in New York. Uh, Oprah was involved and, you know, it was just, a, I was just like, okay, I'm going to audition. So the, the show was uh, playing in Atlanta. So I ended up going back to Atlanta to audition for for the role. And it was the role of Carvin Winans. Um, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. And um, I was like, oh my God, I was raised on the wine. And Like my dad was the biggest Winans fan. So that's all we had in the house was, was the Winans. So I'm like, this, yeah, this is like childhood you know, music or whatever. And uh, I auditioned um, there in Atlanta, had a call back and had to do a dance call. Um, and I had a final call back with me and one other guy um, that they were looking at. And I ended up getting, uh, getting the role. And so I was like, it was, it, and it was in that moment where it was like, God said, you got it now? I was like, I got it now. I got it now.
2: What did you sing at the audition? I sung Tomorrow. Um,
0: and it's so funny. <laughs> I will never forget being at the audition and, and like the other, you know, other people going in into the audition room to audition. I'm talking about, because typically if you're going in for a role, especially like uh, a biographical role where, you know, you're actually going in and portraying a real person, you know, it's good to Look up the person, even if you don't know who they are. You know, let me just put this out here. If you're, if you're going up for a role and the role is an actual living, breathing person, whether they're you know, alive or, or past, look them up, see if there's something they, they're known for, whether it's a song, you know, whatever, especially if you're able to sing your own material. A lot of musicals, you have to sing s- songs from the show. Right. And then some auditions are like, sing a song that's going to showcase your range or whatever. It was people going in there singing. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Uh, I've had some good days. I've had some hills to come. <laughs> there were guys going in there who were baritones, and Carvin Winans was the tenor of the group. He sang in the you know the top part. Right. So I'm just like, no, you know. So I went in, and BB Winans was actually in the room in the uh, in the audition room. Nope. So I was kind of like. All right, don't spaz out you know <laughs> and he's like what are you going to sing and i said uh i'm going to sing tomorrow and he was like well isn't that a smart idea <laughs> 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 so do your do your study you know if you ever get an audition you know uh, about a, a character uh look them up youtube you know and uh then if if they sing high, don't go in there singing low in- anyway so um so yeah i i I got cast in the show, and um, and like I said, I, I felt the spirit saying, "Okay, this is what we're doing." And I said, "Okay, let's go, mm-hmm. let's go." And we uh, we opened in Atlanta. We did a like a month uh, premiere there in Atlanta mm-hmm. um, at the Alliance Theater. Shout out to the Alliance Theater, Joey, Jody Fletcher, who uh, still contact you know stays in contact with me today, who's the associate director there. Awesome. Um, shout out to the whole Atlanta. Uh, theater acting community but right. it's uh, so oh my god just the talent is, is it's crazy And so i'm glad i got my start there um and then we uh the show went to dc uh and played there and um, the show went to la and played there so so already i'm just like whew, okay you know and i'm playing one of the winers brothers this is crazy and uh it was during that during that show that i was uh invited to join um the uh aea which is our theater which is theaters a uh, union and like to work on broadway to work in new york you have to uh be a member of uh, of the equity of and so i was able to join equity during that time um put more on my resume during that time you know and um so i'm, a, I'm gonna go back because i'm gonna transition over into how hamilton came about um while i was doing born for this um my my now manager we uh we linked up we were, we, we were friends and knew each other um because he was involved in in the music world as well shout out to john hart um and he had left the management game because you know he was just kind of over it at that time and so i'm just starting you know doing theater acting and so we were talking one night and i was like you know i feel this is what my next, you know, step is my next chapter is, is is acting and theater and so forth and so on. And so he was like, okay, he was like, I actually know an agent in New York that I think you should meet. And I was like, okay, because at this point I'm like, I just need information. Like I'm new. Um, what do I do? How do I do? How do I, you know, traverse this world? And so I went up to New York and uh, met with uh, met with Roger, He's, who's my agent now. Shout out to Roger Paul. Um, And so he was like, so, uh, so you want to be an actor, huh? (laughs) I was like, I am an actor, I'm a new actor. But, but yeah, like, what do I do? How do I do this? And so he was like, okay, well, of course, you're gonna have to get, you know, some more on your resume, get some training, get your equity card. And he's like, and ultimately, you're gonna have to move to New York, because this is where Broadway is. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, and this was summer of 2016. keep going. I'm doing born for this again. So I've, d- I've done three versions of born for this now, you know, and I've done, you know, some workshops with other, uh, and, uh, other theaters. Like I literally got a call from an associate director who saw born for this in DC. He ended up moving to Cleveland playhouse in, in Ohio. He was doing a workshop and remembered me remembered me from born, the Born for This uh, experience. So I like I say, every job, every performance, every gig, every project that you do, it literally is your audition for your next one. And he called me and was like, hey, would you be interested in doing this workshop of this new show? Um, the, the lead guy we had couldn't do it for some reason. And I thought of you. And so, yeah, sure. So I went there, so you know, another bullet part point on the resume and so now we're in LA with more for this and I mean we're performing for you know Denzel Washington, Pauletta came to the show, uh, uh, Loretta Devine, Stevie Wonder, uh, Barry Gordon like all these people are coming to see us do this tell this story about the Winans and so while I was in LA Hamilton the tour the first tour was only one tour out at this time Came to, came to town and I knew, I uh, uh, had a friend in the cast. And so I was able to see the show and um, I was completely blown away. I was completely blown away, like face just on the floor at this. And I was like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me this is what I'm aspiring to be and do? I'm like, it, it was it was like watching superheroes like work, the Avengers and stuff like that and it kind of scared me because born for this wasn't a big big show but it wasn't like you know a local show so it was kind of like right there in the middle mm-hmm. so that born for this was the, as big as it had gotten for me and now i'm looking at hamilton and looking at like i'm like oh so this is what the real actors the real broadway actors are doing and i literally said in my mind i was like i'm gonna be in this show but it'll probably take about like two years of you know experience other you know And I was fine with that because, again, I'm new. And outside of the Pantages Theater in uh, downtown Hollywood, uh, I told my cousin who was there with me, I said, I'm going to be in the show. She was like, you sure are. And I ended up having to go back to New York after Born for this, we had closed there in LA um, because I was part of just another little small production that that I was doing uh, in New York. So I went to New York. This is a year later from when I met the agent. So, um, I, I end up reconnecting with Roger the agent. And so, um, I was like, yeah, it's been a year. And, you know, you gave me like a list of things that I needed to do, you know, and I've done those things. And he was like, wait, what? I was like, I have my equity card. I have a few more shows on my resume. I was training with an acting coach while I was in LA. So you're going to always receive instructions, people, you know, in, in whatever field you're in. And, it's up to you to follow them to take heed to them or not. Just like we were talking about the virgins earlier, you know, they knew they had to get those lamps filled, but only five of them did. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to be able to go into the part, you know? And so he said, wow. Okay. Interesting. So, okay. He was like, so is there a show that you might be interested in like being in? I said, well, I just saw Hamilton. It blew my mind. he was like, Oh yeah, I think you'd be great in Hamilton. I'm going to get you an audition. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> and sure enough, I was, in, I was in Brooklyn at the time, staying with a friend in Brooklyn. And remember this, because this goes back to the beginning when I was talking about the Micah Stampley uh, project. It was a Friday. Roger called me and said, hey, I got an audition for Hamilton for you. And I was like, oh, okay. He was, and I was like, so when is it? He was like, Monday. I was like, wait, what? He was like, Monday morning, your audition for Hamilton, downtown, you know, so, woo, woo. and so he was like, I'm gonna send you over the material that they want you to read. And it was 10 songs, five five songs for Aaron Burr and five songs from George Washington. And I had to learn all 10 songs to be ready for this audition uh, Monday morning. And immediately I, I like my first knee jerk reaction was kind of like anxiety, kind of, you know, freaking out. And then I said, but I've done this before. Mm -hmm. I've learned a whole, you know, album of songs in two days before. If I did it before, I can do it again. And um, so that started my audition process with Hamilton. Uh, I went in there it was just the casting director there at Telsey, uh, which is like the, the biggest casting company there in New York, TV, film, theater, you know. All the actors go through Telsey, they, you know. So I go in and I'm performing the songs. It's just me and a piano player. I'm sweating, I'm nervous, pit stains. It was, I was, it was terrible. And so auditioning in Atlanta is a totally different, it's a different culture altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, you go in there and you sing whatever the note and the stuff and they're like whoa yeah like you know the casting they rocking they like sing baby in new york she looked at me like i mean i was giving it so i thought and she just looked at me like and i was like wow so of the 10 songs that i had prepared i think i had to do like seven or eight of them and so um after i was done and i was trying to catch my breath and stuff. And So she looks kind of like, picks up my resume, looks at it. And she was like, I just have one question. And I was like, okay. She was like, who are you? Where did you come from? And why don't I know you? And I was like, I was like, well, let me tell you. You know, <laughs> cause again, she knows all the actors, you know, there. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm new, I'm fresh on the scene. Wow. and So she was like, I see that you've worked with you know, a director that I know and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was like, okay, would you mind coming back for a callback? Sure. <laughs> and so I, uh, that started my two month audition process. Two months. Hamilton, two months. Um, and so, like I said, I, in Atlanta, maybe a day or two, as far as callbacks are concerned, and they, you know, you got it or you didn't. Two months of, um, of going back and forth to New York was, that was, a, that was like an adjustment. And um, I remember each time I had to go, cause I, I'm not living in New York. I haven't, you know, I'm not living there. Uh, so I'm going back home to Nashville and stuff like that. And each time I got a call saying, hey, they want to see you again. You know, I was I was able to go up there and, you know, make it happen. Um, there was one particular audition that I'll never forget because I really believe that my angels were in the room with me. Um, I was—I uh, there were two particular songs, and I can't remember which one, which ones uh, they were, but there were two particular songs that I just was not comfortable with. Um, and I mean, I was like, I can make it through uh, if I, you know, if I have to perform these songs in the audition room, but I'm just, uh, I just can't get it right now. And I don't really feel that comfortable like I do with the other pieces. And so after a while, you know, I was like, well, it's time to go into the audition room and do it. Um, it's in God's hands. So I go in and they we just start going down the list of of the songs that they wanted me to do. And right before we got to the first song that I wasn't comfortable with um the only way I can I can explain it is I saw the 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 director whoever was running the audition kind of like um like twitch a little bit and so he was like you know what okay that's good let we'll skip this song <laughs> And so I, you know, I was just kind of like, okay, okay. That's interesting. You know, so I didn't have to do it. So he's like, let's go into some more, you know, some other songs. So we went into those songs that I was, you know, that I was familiar with and comfortable with. And then we got to the second song that I wasn't comfortable with. And he kind of twitched again, almost like somebody was, something was nudging him. And he said, you know, I think we've heard enough for today. And I was like the only thing, <laughs> do you remember the movie back in the day called Angels in the Outfield? No. I was like, I promised, like, angels in, in the in the audition room, like when we came to the songs that my angel was in there saying, nope, don't go to the next one. And that's literally what happened. Like the first time it happened, I was just kind of like, okay. And then when the second song came up that I wasn't that comfortable with, he was, by the, and he like, did like that said you know what we've heard we've heard enough we've heard enough for today thank you so much you know so um yeah that that was quite the experience of auditioning and so like after i had a total of five auditions uh with the casting director with the directors i had a dance call i had a work session you know where you're doing the scene and the director saying, okay well try it this way give me this or how would you play it if you were this age or this, you know? And so after, after my fifth audition, I was uh, staying at a friend's place in New Jersey and my phone ring was a New York number, So I I thought it was my agent calling. Um, and so it was the casting director, uh, from the, the very first audition that I did. And so she was just, I was like, Oh, hi. She was like, this is not how we do things here. This is not how this goes. Typically communication goes to your agent. She was like, but, you absolutely blew us away in your auditions. And I wanted to personally call and thank you for being letting us be your first audition. Cause I was like, yeah, this is my first audition in New York. All of this is just first, 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 first. And, um, and she said, like, I wanted to personally call and tell you that we're offering you a contract. And so I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Thank you. And I just knew that I was, you know, that it was going to be an ensemble because again, you know, you got to start where you start. So, and I was fine with that. I was like, just get me in the door, you know? And I was like, Oh man, you know, being a part of the ensemble, that's going to be so great. And so, you know, she was like, Oh no, 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 no. This is a principal contract. And I was like, I know what principal (laughs) means. And so I was cast as a, uh, a standby, which is basically, um, Shows have offstage companies. There, There's swings, uh, understudies, uh, standbys. And what this simply means, there's there's actors and ensemble members who know several roles and can go swing into a role at any moment, okay. uh, especially with a show like as big as Hamilton. Um, you have to have a lot of people on the, in the wings that aren't on stage every night. But if someone gets hurt, someone calls out, someone gets sick, that person goes into that role and the show... Keeps going, and so I was I was hired I was cast uh, to cover three of the male principal roles uh, George Washington, Aaron Burr, and the Mulligan Madison James Ma- Mulligan Hercules Mulligan James Madison role. There we go. And um, at first, of course, I have I've never done anything like that before again, but I was just like, it's here. And we're gonna, fi- we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure out how to do all these three roles, three different totally, ca- you know, three totally different characters. Um, and, we're, and we're doing it and been doing it since, since then. So that was, it was from when I saw Hamilton um, and said it would take two years to do the show. It took two months from when I saw Hamilton when I was casting the show. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's incredible. Incredible, yeah. incredible story, and it's not something that obviously you could have planned, but you did plan to be in the show, and yeah. you took it to yourself, and you started doing the steps, and that's that's that was an important part of the story for me. Is that everything your agent Roger? Mm-hmm. You to do, you did, and it almost sounded like he forgot that he told you that. When you- yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> sometimes people give you this this story or this jargon or this, you know, that smoke screen, right? Yeah. Take it seriously because he was legit, but then you actually said, This is the plan. Somebody just gave me a blueprint. Yeah. They gave me instruction. And like you said, you're only as good as your last show, your last audition, and we're only good as we're only really as good as the last instruction that we implemented, or followed. Mm-hmm because everything that's just pending is still undone. Right. You can't count anything that's not done, but you completed all those steps. So to our audience, you know, today, and wh- again, whatever you hear this, complete the last step. Yeah. That's all, you, that's all you can do anyway, but all the steps that you know have to be completed in order for you to get where you're going. And that was, that was powerful because it it's almost seemed like it prompted him into action. He immediately yeah. said, but what type of show do you want to be on so he was holding back mm-hmm. some of the opportunities from you until you yeah
0: because of course i mean you know he's been in the business a long time so you know he he knows how people come and <clears throat> right know, you know and he told me he was like when you came back and had checked those things off the list he was like oh you actually listened he's like <laughs> people don't listen you know people don't listen these days do you say People don't listen. People think they know it all and just want to, you know, and then they'd be mad at you when stuff don't work out. But I took, you know, and um, but that, again, has been my posture since I was a kid. Like, give me instruction. Give me what to do. Make my life easier. Don't, you know, have me. I don't want to figure it out all by myself. You know, if you say don't play in traffic because you're going to get hurt, I'm not going to test it. I'm just, I'm just not going to play in traffic, you know? And so that's just always been my thing to like heed instructions, especially from people who are doing or have done what I want to do, you know, to be able to sit in the studio with a Cedric Thompson and be able to sit in the studio with a Kevin Bond and to be able to, you know, sit and work with these artists and talk with them and hear their stories. And why would not take that free advice and information and, you know, people, people pay top dollars to go to these seminars and get this type of instruction. And, um, but no, I'm always, even now, it's even still, you know, yes, I'm in Hamilton, but guess what? I hired a vocal coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I hired an a, a acting coach because I'm doing things that I've never done before. Right. Not to say I can't do them, but I have to learn how to do, it, you know what I mean? Uh, so the work doesn't stop now. It's just, we're
2: just beginning, um, you know, that's awesome. So from Miss Green to <laughs> Cedric Thompson to your dad, mom, to Roger, yeah. people have given yeah. instructions along the way. And you are need to implement, change the game. hmm
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm thankful. I'm I'm thankful. Uh, just for where I am now. And uh, and I'm just like, if this is the beginning, you know, I can't even imagine where this is going, you know, because I'm like, Hamilton is, you know, Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if that's where I'm starting, the re- I'm like, woof, you know, what, what's coming next is going to be even more, you know, so I'm just like, I'm enjoying, like I said, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm in my flow. I'm taking, I'm going with the river where it flow, you know, where it takes me and 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 just learning along the way and and keeping my relationships intact i I believe that the power of relationships is is so much more valuable than how much money you have um what you have or or who you know you know all that type of thing when you have relationships with people you know who are the producers and who are the the uh the gatekeepers and the movers and the shakers or whatnot um that's when you know, you hit that stride where you're not having to like audition all the time. You, you, get, you just get the call, you know, uh, because people like you. Like what well, we've been saying this whole interview, you know, if people like you, if people want to work with you, they will work with you. And if you, you know, if you're not likable, and I know that's a very elementary concept, but it's the, the simple things that compound the wise. So <laughs> if people want to work with you, they will. And they will remember, you know, that you showed up for them and they will remember when you didn't. They sure will. Even even if you've changed, like you're not even that person anymore. They still remember 20 years ago Mm -hmm. that one that one project or one show where you, you know, you didn't show up. Um, So, yeah, keep that keep that reputation intact because our name is what is all we have out here.
2: One other nugget, Uh, I'm sure you can give me a short answer to this because, you know, anything that in the world is on the internet these days. But for those listening, uh, we try to add, you know, again, as much as possible to the listeners. SAG, what does it stand for? What does it do? Oh,
0: SAG. I did mention that SAG-AFTRA is another union for uh, television and film actors. So that's how, um, just like factory workers have unions, uh, different crews, you know, who, Set stuff up, tear stuff down. They they have union, and we do too. Um, so our theater uni- union is uh, AEA, Actors Equity Association, and so that's where our benefits come from. That's where you know all of our protection and stuff like that. Our rights are protected, uh, just you know, just like any other union. So a, a SAG-AFTRA uh, is the union for television and film uh, actors. So if ever you're watching a show or a movie and you watch the credits. You'll see SAG-AFTRA uh, on the credits because that's that's everybody's uh, union on that set. That covers the crew, people you don't see. like you know all of that on a on a TV film TV film set. Mm. Yeah. So since I was on it, even though I'm not a SAG member because I haven't uh, like been on a TV show or whatnot, but like when I was on a SAG set, I got SAG rates. Even even though I'm not a member, uh, like when I was doing the Monique show, I was getting SAG rates and i was looking at those chicks like you pay me just to do some oohs and ahs oh yes so you know but i had to i had to grow to get there i didn't start there when i got to atlanta no but i eventually got there so
2: yeah so to the point earlier that we were making about you know not being the starving artist you have to become educated mm-hmm. what the industry does to pay yeah for your services, and you position yeah. yourself. If it's being a songwriter, you've got to get registered with a performing rights organization. Mm-hmm. An actor or an actress, you want to be connected with SAG because that's going to establish that is like the law, right? Yeah. The laws for pay. this is what tells you. Not only is it not for free, but right? <laughs> expect to make. And you sound like you made a little bit more than you were expecting to make for. Oh, oh. man,
1: it, it was, was new
0: to me. me it was new to me. And I was like, if this is what y'all are paying, you know, a house singer, I can't imagine, you know? So again, when you're exposed to more and to things, you're just like, well, okay, let's, let's keep going. Let's see where this takes us. Because again, you know, when you're in your comfort zone and in your hometown, there's, there's such a big world out here and there's so many things that you'll never understand or never, uh be able to be a part of unless you're there if you're looking for oil you can't you have to go to the oil field you know you can't be in the tundra looking for sand you know what i mean like it that that doesn't make sense
2: right
0: right you know you have to go where your calling or your passion is flourishing you know and then once you've done that and you now you got a little name for yourself you got a little money in the bank if you want to go back home go go back home you know now people know you now so they'll fly you out you know what i mean so you know that's the that's the joy or the the motivation you know but yeah starting out you know I had to go where the music was right that's you know because it was not where I was right. and um that was the leap that I made and I'm so glad that I did absolutely what's next for Desmond Sean Sh- Ellington a show in a couple of hours a couple of hours <laughs> <laughs> a couple <of> hours right. <laughs> Yes, that is what's next for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I um, I'm currently still as as we're speaking on tour with Hamilton. So um, yeah, I have a show tonight, and I was I was thinking I was like, woo, hope I didn't talk my voice out, right? Uh, because we got three hours of talking to do at this show tonight. Uh, but no, yeah, that's um, I'm I'm here with the show through the end of the year. Uh, we're all on contracts. Um, you know, in in these type of shows, if you see, you know, see actors, whatever, we're all on contracts, contracts end, contracts begin. Um, so yeah, that's really, that's really where I am right now. I'm just, I'm here in the show. Uh, what's next? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm, you know, I'm always auditioning. We're always auditioning, sending self tapes for other musicals, other TV programs, you know, so forth and so on. But, um, this is where I am now. And, um, learning as much as i can so when it's time for me to leave hamilton i can say i've done what i was supposed to do in that moment and now it's time to move on so i don't know when that moment will be but when it comes i'll be i'll be ready for it
2: well desmond it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on musically hits you are a great example of how to get Um, hitched and stay hitched and i know that nothing but good things are in store for you Uh, ladies and gentlemen this has been another episode of musically hitched I am your host, Zach Reynolds Jr. for Desmond Sean Ellington. We will see you real soon. Take care. To our listeners, we'd like to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's content, go ahead and hit that plus sign or follow button and leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast reach and add value to others just like you. We appreciate your support. We look forward to you joining us again for another episode of Musically Hitched.